Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Sports Plus Podcast. I'm Corey Miller here with Frank Spustamano, Hannah Yates, and Andy Muller. We are working hard on everything, everything Olympics right now, of course, so we got to start there. Uh, we'll start on a down note, though. The USA men's basketball team dropped its opener to France, causing a lot of people to hit that panic button. Frank, we've been talking a lot about this. We talked about it last night. You're not quite at panic phase quite yet, are you? Not yet, because uh, it's on to Iran, and I like our chances. And I think they can beat the Czechs, too. And maybe by that time, they'll have a little bit of chemistry, and they'll realize that Kevin Durant must have the ball at the end of all games. We're getting close to the women's team gymnastics final. You know, that's going to get a lot of eyes on it. Swimming Sunday night had a lot of eyes on it. Great rivalry kind of budding there in this game between Australia's uh, Titmus and uh, USA's Katie Ledecky. Australia got the better uh, last night, but Andy, you've been diving into our Olympic zone coverage. What's really been the, the biggest storyline you've been, you've been interested in so far at the game? Um, well, certainly the basketball, uh, the early loss is, uh, is a little disconcerting. Um, but uh, yeah, like Frank said, hopefully they'll, they'll get some traction here in the next couple of games and, and can get rolling. But to me, it's just an indicator of the, the not that the U.S. is getting worse, um, but the rest of the world is kind of catching up to us a little bit. And so, uh, you know, being handed that gold medal is not a sure thing anymore. Um, but gymnastics and, and swimming are the, uh, you know, are, the, are the, the big ticket events here for the, you know, for the next week or so um, and, and beyond. And so. Um, you know, I, I think even, you know, Simone Biles, uh, you know, uh, had another chink in her armor last week and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, in the last couple of days that is. And so, um, not that I expect that, you know, when it comes time for the, you know, metal presentation that she's going to be, she's going to be totally absent, but, uh, makes for a good storyline. So, um, no big story really has emerged yet, but, uh, I'm sure that will come. It always does. <laughs> Definitely some intrigue there with the women's gymnastics. Uh, Hannah, we're still waiting for a lot of our local athletes to, to compete. We've only seen a few so far. Right now, who do you think has got the best chance of meddling from uh, somebody from our town? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I think we keep looking at diving and looking at that situation. Um you know, with Tyler Downs and, and different things, um, looking forward, maybe, I don't know. I think it's hard to tell because I had high hopes for Jason Tatum, but now with that situation, it's really hard to tell where he will be by the end of this uh, with USA basketball. So I think that's a tough situation there. So I'd have to go with the first. You're still waiting on a lot of our local people to uh, get going as uh, I think we're a little backloaded when it comes to local folks. Olympics. Uh, let's move on. We'll talk some hockey. Doug Armstrong hard at work on the phone, seeing what he can cook up. I think we're still quite a ways from seeing the Blues team that we're eventually going to see take the ice next season. But Hannah, first I got to ask you, what did you think of the trade with the Rangers for Bucinavich and Sammy Blay heading uh, heading the other way? A big part of the team in the last couple of years. Yeah, I thought this was great. I think, obviously, it wasn't one for one. You gave up a pick, but it wasn't a first-round pick. And you look at Sammy Blaine the past season. Yes, he suffered a couple of injuries here and there, missed some times. But he scored less than 10 goals, and you have a guy coming in 
who's the second top point scorer um, on the Rangers team. So I think it's a great deal. I think that's going to be a huge piece to the Blues moving forward. And he can play as a top six forward and fill a gap there. Frank, you talked with the insider Andy Strickland earlier today who had an idea of what be, what might be next after they figure out Tarasenko because that definitely seems like it's got to be the next thing they figure out how they're going to operate. Yeah, they could have a whole lot of money to spend. And that $18 million cap money is serious business if you move that contract. And, it, you know, I don't think it's going to be Gabriel Landeskog, but I think Brandon Saad, you know, is a realistic possibility. Andy was the one who's who's been behind this. And, you know, what he's reporting, is there's probably some smoke to that fire. So if you came away with Saad after what you got on Friday night, that's that's not bad. I, I'm wondering if there's any money left. Or I, I don't think Jaden Schwartz is going to be back. But I certainly go after Mike Hoffman. I, I don't know if that bridge has been burned for him not getting enough time on the first power play, but I'd sure like to have 25 goals, you know, coming back too. You know, Doug Armstrong's definitely not going to sit silent here in these next few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how the roster develops by the day. Uh, we'll talk some Cardinal baseball here. Also, of course, results have been a little better lately. Offense have been a cause for optimism, especially in the outfield. Harrison Bader, one of the hottest players in all of baseball, Carlson O'Neill aren't too far behind. Andy, this is really the outfield we've been waiting to see, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. And you know, for one reason or another, you've never been able to get them uh, either uh, playing together at the same time because of injury or all clicking at the same time. And so Harrison Bader is a man with his hair on fire and literally, uh, you know, he has the, he has the flowing locks that, uh, you know, that uh, he's been sporting lately, but that's really been good to see. Um, you know, Tyler O'Neill was in a little bit of a funk, but he bounced back yesterday with a home run and, uh, and Dylan Carlson had a one for 19 slump, uh, slump going before he kind of picked it up over the weekend. So, um, if, uh, if we can get them all going at the same time, then, uh, then, you know, again, maybe we can get a little traction going. Frank, the trade deadline will have came and went by the time we reconvene whenever we get our next podcast, hopefully next week. So right now, gut feeling, uh, John was like going to pull any kind of rabbits out of his hat. I doubt it. And I think that the player that they end up acquiring is someone that, 99.9% of the audience will not have heard of. And I think <laughs> they'll basically say it's, it's Michaelis and Flaherty. Those are our trade deadline acquisitions. And ironically, they, they are coming back right about the trade deadline. So it'll, it'll help. I mean, to get those two in the rotation and move Oviedo and Jake Woodford out. I mean, that is going to be a plus, but I don't know if they're catching the Brewers and that pitching staff which is not conducive to long losing streaks. I cannot wait to see what uh, Cardinal Chatter online is like. If Jose Lack just straight up says we get Flaherty and Michaelis back, that's like making two trades because that will be fun to watch online for sure. <laughs> and as we sit here on July 26th, Cardinals have 62 games left exactly. There are 100 games in the season, eight games out of first in the NL Central, seven games out in the wild card. Uh, just 
I want to get your prediction here because we'll we'll make you look smart if we get to the end of the year and you're right. And if you're wrong, we can just forget this ever happened. Uh, right now, gut prediction, how do you think this ends up for the Cardinals the rest of the way? <laughs> yeah, we're going to end up wanting to delete this by the end probably. But, no, I do think – I don't know. It's really tough to tell where they're going to end up in the standings right now just with them the Cubs both struggling in different ways. But I think – I do have hope. I don't know. I think the Cardinals will probably end up fourth in their division if I had to take a guess, unless they would get both Flaherty and Michaelis back at a decent time. Like you mentioned, I could see them ending up at third. I do see them ending up a little above 500. I know they're at 500 right now. So I do see some hope there and some light at the end of the tunnel, but you're also hoping Molina will be fine for the end of the season as well, which is why I'm going with fourth in the standings. Okay, interesting, interesting. Got the cards finishing fourth in the central. That was going to be it for uh, this podcast when I made this rundown, but then we had some breaking news uh, that we just reported on TV too. Mizzou Athletic Director Jim Sturt is stepping down, supposedly a mutual agreement between him and the school. Frank, I think this kind of blindsided everybody because there's a lot of good vibes going for Mizzou right now. Jim Sturt's done a lot of good things there since he's been there, including raising a lot of money. What, uh, what do you think of this breaking news? Well, it is a little surprising because, you know, the two hires, the big ones, men's basketball and football, they seemingly worked out pretty well. Conzo, two out of four NCAA tournaments. Drink has really uh, caused, a, you know, a great deal of excitement in the area, although it's only been one year. And they've coming off this incredible fundraising year. I don't know. Maybe they, they think that, they're, they want to really, really compete with the big boys. And maybe Jim Sturk at age 65 does not fit the, the, the vision for, a, you know, a big five athletic director. I, I think he's done a solid job and, you know, I, I wish him well. I, I'm not, I don't know for sure what, what exactly happened. Maybe he just said, I don't want to do this anymore. And at 65, he's made enough money. He, he does deserve to enjoy the rest of his life. It'll be interesting uh, seeing what else comes out of this. And while we're on somewhat of the topic, Andy, I got to ask you, it, we're getting closer and closer to it being an inevitability that Oklahoma and Texas are going to join Mizzou in the SEC. Things have rapidly, well, I guess not rapidly because this has been in the works for a long time, but we're just finding out about it. What are your thoughts on potentially the two biggest teams from the Big 12 just ditching them to go join the SEC? Well, uh, it just seems to me that uh, the SEC is loading up, uh, taking, the, you know, just sort of cherry picking and taking the best from, uh, you know, from certainly from the Big 12. Uh, you know, it, it, pretty soon it's going to be it's going to be four, maybe five conferences. And that fifth conference is going to be the also ran conference, it seems like, because uh, all the all the big schools are going to load up together and it's. You know, they're basically going to muscle up, and I think eventually they're going to try to phase the NCAA out of business. Really uh, interesting to see how realignment shakes out, I can tell you that. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Sports Plus Podcast. Be sure to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to rate us. Have a great week watching the Olympics, everybody.